Dissemble, 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 dissemble. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's May 23rd, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination, episode 202. This is No Agenda. Preparing for the big one. And coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, and Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where we now will pronounce it Brisbane and Melbourne. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill. In the morning. In the morning to you, sir. So I got a note from somebody. <laughs> Only uh, one? I don't get that much mail. So, uh, but I'm not encouraging it. Um, so they sent me to, there's a site, Forvo, have you ever seen it? This site that had, does all these pronunciations, you, so you can pronounce anything pretty no, much. What's it, what's it called? It's F-R-O-V-O, I think, Forvo. Forvo, hmm yeah, forvo.com, and then they have people that pronounce different words. So somebody says, oh, yeah, yeah, I have seen that, yeah. You need to learn how to pronounce Melbourne and Brisbane. <laughs> it's not Melbourne? <laughs> no, it's not Melbourne. It's not Melbourne? Well, the, the problem with Brisbane is that we have a city nearby down the street which is called Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah. Uh, which confuses things. Well, it's kind of like uh, Houston and Houston. I think we've been through that before. right. So we had an earthquake. A couple oh, of did them. you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, in Baja again. Uh, remember, we were supposed to have a seven point two. Oh right, the predictor said that. Yeah. Right. No. So we got uh, like a five point four disappointment. <laughs> did you even notice it? No, not at all. No. And by the way, you know, when when I hear seven point two, I'm not impressed because it's not like they're using the Richter scale anymore. Seven point two is not, not what it used me. to be. Well, it's just they needed a high number because all these threes and fours weren't exciting enough. Well, I'm finding it disturbing that they've changed the uh, the scale, the scale, and it really didn't tell anybody. Yeah, well, they did, but oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> we weren't paying attention. They told who <laughs> exactly? So. Um, if, uh, you, if people uh, who are listening to this on the podcast missed the fantastic Jeff Smith in the morning song, which uh, we'll be playing at the end of the show, and uh, I encourage everyone to go to the show notes, noagendashow.com, and purchase this uh, to support Sir Jeff, who uh, has been supporting this show for quite a while. I guess it's like... Uh, it's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> we played it at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's only... it's. I love what I love about Jeff is he knows when to stop. It's like two minutes and forty five seconds. It's a it's a hit. It's yeah. a, a forty five. In the back in the good old days, like the Beatles used to do that. You know, two minutes forty five seconds. Boom, next record. And that's a long song. There was a number of uh, hits from Creedence Clearwater that were one fifty five. Yeah, yeah, that was when we could jam eighteen songs into an hour. <laughs> <coughs> we also had no, <coughs> only one commercial set. So. So it's cold down in Southern California. Yeah, it's, I think it dropped about 10 degrees. It's, uh, yeah, it, it really is. Uh, it's quite chilly, but I've got the window open uh, for two reasons. Of course, one, just to keep the, uh, the oxygen flowing, and, uh, and two, so I can hear the, uh, the black helicopters. <laughs> All right. I, I'm sure we have lots of groovy stuff. May, maybe I should just throw this one out there, um, even though we've already, we've already kind of claimed it. Uh, I think that... Uh, and now, back to real news. So not only did I predict that Brett Michaels would uh, be on, uh, would come back to Celebrity Apprentice, tonight is the finale, the grand finale, and Brett is one of the two finalists. Yay! <laughs> How can that be? <laughs> That's right. Yes, I say Brett Michaels for the win. We told you so. 
was so set up. I mean, you know, you, you see what Trump does with his uh, with his USA Miss USA pageant. I mean, the guy the, the guy is a genius, and he and he has no scruples. Nah, he could be better. He'll go over anyone's illness, or nothing holds him back. Well, that's true. He's got <laughs> he has no uh, uh, pride whatsoever. Scruples, I think, is scruples. the word. Yeah, right. scruples. No scruples. <laughs> Just like screw it. Hey, Brad, I got a great idea. Okay. Come on, man. You diabetic. Come over here. Look, here's what we're going to do. You're going to have like a brain seizure. Hey, I got this place out in Arizona. You can hang out there. I'll set you up with a couple of hookers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a blow. Ah. <laughs> we'll split the proceeds. It'll all go to your diabetic foundation. I'm telling you, the guy's going to win. He's against, uh, who's he up against? Halle Berry? Boo, if, it, if you, I'm not going to watch it anyway. What am I thinking? What? Is it lost on tonight? The final lost? Oh. <gasps> That's why he needed all this uh, attention. He knew he was up against Lost. Oh, yeah, he's going to have his butt handed to him. Oh, wow. Mm. I mean, I haven't watched Lost for the last five years. I watched <laughs> it when it first came out. I know. <laughs> but I think I'll watch it tonight. I watched the first uh, the first season, and I followed it on iTunes, and, and I don't know. And then you miss one or two. I was like, oop, okay. And then you just you can never get back into it. It's- no, because it was too weird. Yeah. There was new people. There were strange things going on. There's a sub base or something. Aliens, <laughs> you know, people living in a volcano. I mean, it, I, I don't know. And this is and this is from from me. That I don't I don't even want to follow it. I mean, what, what does that say? And you know, the, all this stuff is hitting all my buttons with secret symbols and Dharma, and uh, you know, I should be loving it. No. <laughs> all right. Do we have any? Uh, support for this program uh, for this Not episode. Not much. Oh, crazy. Got to get our people back on board. Yeah. So we got a uh, couple of. Uh, I'm gonna. We got a uh, two producers. Uh, let me get the spreadsheet up. Uh, one is uh, John Catalano, House Springs, Maryland, uh, who who got in as a as the executive producer for two hundred dollars. So <sighs> all the people that you know that they don't their timing is off. But I also have to add one other guy, yeah. uh, which is came in as a check. It actually should be in the Deuce Club, but since we overlooked him completely, and he's going for a knighthood anyway. And another two hundred dollars comes from AJ Rystad. That's A J R Y S T A D. Um, it doesn't say where he's from. Hold on a anyway. second. Now, is this going to be an executive producer? Yeah, just put him. These will be the two executive producers. No associates. So hold on. I have uh, John. Catalano and what was the the guy with the check? A J. Uh huh. Rystad. How do you spell that? R Y. Whoops. S T A D. Okay, so well, this really blows. Yeah, I know our our, our listeners have let us down. <laughs> I feel I feel severely let. I, I know I'm not supposed to be in a bad mood when this happens. <laughs> But you always go into a Yeah, funk. this is like, what? <laughs> this is, by the way, uh, we can anticipate more of the same during the summer because the summer things just dry up. People aren't listening. They're not going to work. I don't know. Mm. And I think the and unemployment numbers didn't help. No. Well, then let me uh, promote a few uh, PR, uh, uh, aspiring PR associates. First of all, dude, we, I mean, I really, I, I'll, I'll mea culpa, I suck. Uh, Patrick Wilson from Weezer sent me a note. Oh, by the way, hold on a second. I do have a correction. Um, it's House Springs, Missouri. It's not Missouri? Missouri. What did I say? Missouri. Maryland. I said Maryland. Yeah. It's Missouri. 
Got it. Um, and it is pronounced Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Patrick uh, Wilson says, yo, dude, it's Patrick Wilson, not Wilcox. And I am a founding member and vice president, not a touring member of Weezer. <laughs> well, who gave us the bad steer? Michael Butler. Oh, right. Michael Butler. Butler. You were there when he said it. I'm like, and I, it's like complete. For, so I blew the name. That was my mistake. But we finally have a house band. The guy is like a founding member, vice president of the Weezers. And I and I and I totally diss him. <laughs> this is on you. I, I know, I know. Thing. So I, I I sent him a note back. He said, "I suck, I suck. Please, <laughs> will you ever forgive me?" No wonder we didn't get any money. And and then yeah, exactly. And then he comes back with no worries. Now you know I'm screwed. Then right when something. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah no he's gonna worries. probably do a song about yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> the douchebag. Wait, the I have to. Uh, I, I got a douchebag myself. All the hell for that I one. help these guys out, and that's what I get—a mispronunciation and bullcrap. Mike Snyder, Kilo November 8, Juliet, says uh, in the morning, Adam, I'm an amateur radio operator. I suspect there are several hams who listen to No Agenda. I posted an idea I had for the No Agenda Amateur Radio Initiative on the No Ah. Agenda forums. And I think this is a great idea um, idea. because, you know, when the grid comes down, these guys are still going to be around. And he has all he has all these crazy uh, ham radio uh, PR ideas. Uh, su- such as include no agenda links in APR status message packets. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know what APR status message packets are, but I it's can. It's got o- something to do with their packet radio stuff. Yeah, because that's like digital, right? And this is not like just guys sitting in a oh, shack yeah, no, this, somewhere. This has changed over the years. They're they're doing all kinds of wild stuff. Yeah, it's real high. I mean, I know they have. Uh, I kind of dropped off the scene when they're doing slow scan TV, and that was already quite cool. Um. Uh, use no agenda avatars and links on related websites. Okay, conduct no agenda nets on UHF, VHF, HF. I love it. I don't know what it means, but I, I love it. I got to get me one of them ham radios to listen to. Well, there's, it's easier to get a license nowadays if you just want to do. I think if you just want to do VHF stuff, yeah, or, you don't need to learn Morse code anymore. I think the Morse code thing's been dropped. Yeah. That these guys can correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, and I like to start an in the morning or similar phrase meme during communications to arouse others' curiosity. I think that's a great idea. See QDX, see QDX in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the best CW operators. Uh, so you you know you have the Roger beep at the end when they end their transmission with uh, uh, he says they need to end it with did it da 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 which is a uh, Morse for ITM in the morning. Oh, cool! So we should yeah, just change the uh, universal Roger. How nerdy beep. can we get? <laughs> I'm loving it. And then a quick shout out to uh, Jeff, who um, is the guy who made the in the morning tea, and um, he he put up another blend which was taken down from the adagio tea website it was called a uh, hit him in the mouth tea uh the sub pack subtitle was this tea packs a double punch the refresh refreshing crisp notes of lemongrass and sweet tartness of strawberries will make your head explode and i thought that was fine until i saw the label he made for it <laughs> did you see this label <laughs> No, or did I? I'm not sure what does the label look like. Uh, Hold on. I'll I'll send it to you real quick. I'll post it in the chat room, too. Yeah, no wonder they took it down. It's like like two sheriffs in full combat gear pointing guns. (laughs) Did you you see it in the the sky? Two to the head T. (laughs) Two to the head T, exactly. And then there's a new website. uh, (laughs) 
That's isn't that funny? quite funny, actually. I think it's funny, too, but they took it down. Uh, Alan Chow, I think you pronounce it, uh, has created a new website, noagendasurvey.com, which I'm a little torn about. Um, he, he says, I'd like to help deconstruct the No Agenda audience demographics. Now, I, I don't like surveys, uh, personally. Um, although he has it set up in a pretty fair manner, it goes through Google Spreadsheets. You can set up a survey option there, and I think you can. everyone can see the results. And he asks a lot of interesting questions, like, are you a crackpot? Are you a buzzkill? You know, stuff like that. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't, I'm a little hesitant to promote a, uh, an initiative like that. Um, but it's, well, out I don't there. have a problem with it. I mean, I think as long as everyone knows that these things are self-selecting and skew, uh, seriously skew, uh, in one direction or another, uh, I True. think it's just a, an amusement. They're fine. True. And of course, uh, without a doubt, our uh, PR associate today is Sir Jeff Smith, uh, who came out with the uh, In the Morning song, which will play in its entirety at the end of the show. And, of course, thanks to John Catalano and A.J. R- uh, Ristat. You are the executive producers of No Agenda 202. Put that shit on your resume. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. All right. We now return to the show. The show. Uh, so, by the way, you were talking about uh, uh, celebrity news or whatever it was. Oh, here we go. And now, back to real news. I didn't make these clips, but it's going to be it's part of the theme. This one I'm going to mention is part of a theme I think we ran into, or I ran into today, which is the is new usages besides the Richter scale disappearing. And I didn't notice this before, and I do watch these shows. And, uh, you know, where they come up with these little monikers for the celebrities to, to give them some sort of a... Uh, oh, like like Bombshell Michelle? Yeah, well, this one, the, the shorter ones, I'm thinking more like uh, the, what they're calling Lindsay Lohan now. Well, they were calling her Lilo. Yeah, they were. that didn't work. <laughs> no, because it sounded dumb. Yeah, so the entertainment today is pushing LL. <laughs> LL Cool J is getting pissed off and polishing sure up his is. nine... But I watched it. I didn't oh, record oh. it. I could, I could have brought a clip to prove this. Oh, but gee, a, gee. L, 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 that's a bummer. I'm so L, upset. L, 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 L. You know, she's apparently told the courts to screw themselves, and she's, like, partying. And That was like on Larry King. It's like, what? It was unbelievable. This was the news on Friday. What is going on with the world? I know. It's crazy. I mean, who cares? And, by the way, the thing about the the... You know, now she's accusing her dad of stealing her passport, supposedly, and it's just become this ridiculous soap opera. But, you know, the woman is, was due in court for some sh- short hearing and, and claimed she lost her passport so she couldn't leave the country, although that's not true. You can get out, um, believe me. And uh, But she didn't attempt anything to try to get out of France, and so uh, the judge got irked about this. But this is like, so what? I mean, this has got to go on all the time, and it's not, I mean... I don't know. I, I'm well, like, I, the, 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 clearly the there's something going on that we're missing. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. I think uh, I have a couple of examples. Uh, by the way, John, I, I do want to say that the Times Online reported on something that you brought to the show six, seven weeks ago, I think. Uh, Naomi Campbell is now going to have to testify 
in the International Tribunal in The Hague about receiving the blood diamond from... Uh, <laughs> yeah, from... Uh, who was it? From the Liberian president? What's his name again? Uh, the ex-guy. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, the corrupt she has, She'll have to testify under oath at the International Criminal Court. And, and, and <laughs> you actually brought this as real news. <laughs> like six know, weeks I, ago, and now it's, yeah. she's really going to have to stand there. And we know that she said, no, no, go away. Turn up sleeve. And now she's going to have to testify if she really received the blood diamond or not. And who was it? Mia Farrow? They should drag that scrawny bitch in front of the criminal. In The Hague. The International Criminal what, what, Court. What makes her have, is she going to go? Because why does she have She has that? to I go. What do you mean? You're what? being subpoenaed. I guess you got to go. You don't have to go. It's not it's no... <laughs> like Lindsay Lohan. Just I don't have a passport. Yeah, but she's Lindsay Lohan is you know subject. She has to go to America. She's a United States citizen. She's got responsibilities. Uh, there's no responsibility to this criminal court, this kangaroo court that they set up in the by Americans. They have to go to it. They say, Screw you. Now I know what would happen though. This is what they're going to do. I, I guarantee it. Naomi can't. Oh, well, well, she's British, so I guess she does have to go. But um, let's just say an American is, you know, is, is is subpoenaed to go in front of this crazy court, uh, and they don't go. America well, doesn't recognize it, right? We don't recognize that. No, court. we don't recognize it. Right. But but we don't go, and then the next time you're vacationing in Paris, or you just happen to be visiting, you pick know, you go, up. They pick you. Happen to be on the catwalk. Up. And they throw you in the slammer. Awesome. So this was a story that uh, uh, President Taylor uh, had received diamonds from Sierra Leone in mayonnaise jars. <laughs> and uh, just, just because he liked Naomi, for no other reason than that, he apparently allegedly gave her one. And she showed it. No, she told Mia Farrow and Mia Farrow forgot to ask to see it. Yeah, that was the dubious that was, part that of was the story. The crazy one. It's like, what woman is going to not want to see it? <laughs> Show me that diamond. Show me that rock, baby. All right. So um, pulling apart the media, and this is something that uh, one of our producers, I guess it's Micah. Is that is that how you think it would be Micah Phillips, I think? Yeah, Micah Phillips. So Micah uh, brought this to our attention, and I found out something even more ominous after uh, researching it and putting the clips together. Uh, our president, Obama, if uh, for those of you living in Gitmo Nation headquarters, uh, did the commencement speech. I guess, the, is it commencement or graduation? I think it was the commencement speech. Yeah, uh, at West Point, which, of course, is a very prestigious. This is an Army Academy, is it not? Yeah, this is the Army, Army. Academy right. in uh, West Point. And uh, so my... Which, by the way, by the way. Uh, uh, Obama says this is the world's greatest university. What is he going to say to the people? No, no, no. He said it's the best university, yeah, the not best. the greatest. He said it is the best. Like it was, like like Consumer Reports wrote that down somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I heard that too. I watched the whole speech, which is which is. I couldn't stand it. Well, there's a couple of reasons because one, I'd already heard. Uh, I was already interested in the speech. That's the reason I didn't watch. I already heard it. No, no, <laughs> I, I was interested. Because I, I picked up somewhere that uh, he was proposing a new world order and we need uh, new uh, unsurpassed collaboration. And, you know, so there were some crackpot uh, uh, stories about it. Then Micah sends us this note. He says, I'm a freelance videographer and today's gig was filming the West Point graduation ceremony. Now, I'm sure both of you will have an interesting take on Obama's speech. Well, yeah, it was boring. Uh, but me being there has allowed me to share with you, with you a very interesting example of very subtle media manipulation. And Micah doesn't know how unsubtle it really was. 
During the speech, Obama made mention of the fact that he plans on ending the war in Iraq and bringing the troops home this summer immediately after he mentions plans on ramping up Afghanistan. That's another story. Uh, as soon as he said troops home this summer, the crowd went nuts. I mean, they went apeshit. They cheered for a, a good solid 20 seconds. Cut to me getting home, doing a vanity search to see if I wound up in any pictures online, which is typical for videographers. <laughs> I found this Fox News article uh, and uh, see that the, the audio had been altered to remove the cheering. And uh, I discovered something else, actually. But first, uh, there's three versions of this clip. I have... Um, I had already pulled the clip from C-SPAN, and uh, then I pulled it from whitehouse.gov, and then I pulled the clip that uh, Mike is referring to in Fox News. So first, let's uh, listen to uh, the relevant piece on C-SPAN. Time, if you will, uh, everyone uh, who's listening live at noagendastream.com and in the chat room, noagendachat, can time it with me and listen to the audio, because of course... It's not just pictures that get, uh, uh, well, whether purposely manipulated or not, um, you can use different sounds to give different impressions. Remember, Micah says everyone went ape shit, and he was there, and I'm presuming he's telling the truth. So here's uh, the C-SPAN version of uh, the relevant piece of the speech. A lesser army might have seen its spirit broken, but the American military is more resilient than that. Our troops adapted, they persisted, they partnered with coalitions and Iraqi counterparts, and through their competence and creativity and courage, we are poised to end our combat mission in Iraq this summer. (laughs) Even as we transition to a... Okay, so you can kind of hear way in the background, you can hear the crowd screaming, but... Basically, the crowd isn't the crowd mics aren't really on if there were any mics. And I counted about 12 seconds of uh, a smattering of applause. Yeah, right it sounds near the like president. a sound effect applause. Yeah, like, but, you know, they're kind of like, OK, yeah, whatever. <coughs> they're kind of the, that kind of applause. Right. It's like yeah, 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 lukewarm yeah. is the word. So now the version as posted on uh, WhiteHouse.gov. This time of war began in Afghanistan. A place that may seem as far away from this peaceful bend in the. Hudson River is anywhere on earth. The war began only because our own cities and civilians were attacked. And please uh, time the uh, time the applause again. District place, and it continues only because that plotting persists to this day. For many years, our focus was on Iraq. And year after year, our troops faced. A set of challenges there that were as daunting as they were complex. Now, you already hear a different microphone. You hear he sounds a little bit nasal through this uh, particular mic. A lesser army might have seen its spirit broken, but the American military is more resilient than that. Our troops adapted. They persisted. They partnered with coalitions and Iraqi counterparts, and through their competence and creativity and courage, we are poised to end our combat mission in Iraq this summer. Sounds a little different, right? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. Even as we transition... Okay. Now, Fox News. 
And uh, so this is video, and you can get the link in the show notes. Now, also, time the amount of time between uh, the president saying this summer and him starting uh, the next piece of the speech. began only because our own cities and civilians were attacked by violent extremists who plotted from a distant place. And it continues only because that plotting persists to this day. And, John, I want you to pay special attention to this, see if you pick up what I picked up on. Year after year, our troops face... This really blew me away when I heard this. ...daunting as they were complex. A lesser army might have seen its spirit broken, but the American military is more resilient than that. Our troops adapted, they persisted, they partnered with coalitions and Iraqi counterparts, and through their competence and creativity and courage, we are poised to end our combat mission in Iraq this summer (laughs) the clip has not ended it's just completely silent right now nothing and the president's just looking around and then our campaign to disrupt dismantle and to defeat al-qaeda is part of an international effort that is necessary so first of all they removed the applause entirely after he says this summer. Just they, they cut. They didn't just remove the, the applause. They cut it. They cut the sound, and the president's just looking around. I looked at this video probably fifty times, and I was like, "Why is?" Because I was timing it. Why is that only ten seconds? They actually edited the video, and he come. And I, I can't even see the edit, John. It could be a whole different speech for all I know. He immediately launches into this whole thing about um, about Afghanistan. They actually change the speech, and it's undetectable in the video. Listen to what he comes back with in the original. Here's the original from the WhiteHouse.gov. Even as we transition to an Iraqi lead and bring... Our- so he's like, ah, transition to an Iraqi lead, blah, 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 blah. Now listen to the Fox News version. ...combat mission in Iraq this summer. So we, they go silent, and you cannot see an edit at all. But is he going to talk about Iraq when he comes back? No. Here it comes. Our campaign to disrupt, dismantle, and to defeat al-Qaeda is part of an international Amazing. effort that is necessary and just. So they basically... So this uh, is a different kind of war. Yeah. So they, did, they, they, they rewrote the speech, essentially, and made it look like it was a continuation, made it look like he bombed... He got no uh, applause whatsoever. Yep. And but the thing, you know, he has a certain wooden quality that we've seen before that makes it probably easy to do this sort of edit. John, I looked at this video fifty times. I there, you cannot see the edit. There is no edit. I don't understand. And it, it's like it, it's like a whole different speech. I mean, you can look. You can look. You can go to the show notes. You can look at this. Look at as many times you want. You will not see an edit. Yet he, there's a whole different, a whole different piece to the speech. I, I, I don't get it. He just he, apparently you got an editor over at Fox who's really good. Yeah, but I mean that is that is and 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 he goes into this in, straight into the Afghanistan rap and about the insurgents and we got to go kick their ass, America, fuck yeah, and I just I'm like what? It is undetectable. And I mean, I saw the fake planes for the in the World Trade Tower. I mean, I saw that video immediately and pegged it. But uh, but this this is good. So either it's it's a whole different speech because it's cropped, so you can't see an audience, you can't see anyone uh, standing to the left or the right of them, or or uh, it's I don't know. I mean, you can't. It is undetectable. 
If and people in uh, in the audience, uh, producers, go look at this, and you tell me if you can uh, if you can see the edit. I cannot find it. Hmm. It really, really, really blew me away. Well, obviously somebody's got some good gear. They have to do an overlay so they get his face in exactly the right spot. I'm going to paste it in the chat room here. The edit could come, probably could be, you know, he could be, I don't know. They could be editing while he's talking. It might be like he looks like he's starting the second. Well, I I will say on the the C-SPAN version, they cut to the cadets kind of clapping, not going apeshit, by the way. There's a small cutaway of the cadets. Uh, during the original 12 seconds and this is just him he's on stage and he you know, he's moving his head he's turning from left to right and you know there's supposed to be applause it looks it looks very similar to the original one that the that c-span has or that uh, the white house it's the same as the white house i'm sorry c-span is the one that cuts away but I, you know i'm pretty good at this stuff i mean you know i i can see edits i see crappy edits all the time i don't see this one and he goes into a completely different part of the, I couldn't even find that piece in the original speech. It was either before or further along. It might have been, well, it's only 30 minutes, so... Anyway, uh, I just I was just blown away. I think my, I want to thank Micah for pointing that out. Maybe that was the speech given by the other Obama. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me off guard. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it warrants investigation and and the fact that there's only 10 seconds. But, so that means that either there's an edit or it was a different speech because there's 12 seconds on the original and 10 seconds on this on this Fox version. And it's just like, what? How do they do that? <laughs> anyway, if that guy is listening, you're hired. <laughs> you are so working for us. That was awesome. It is one of the most awesome edits. Yeah, so. and the guy will never be, you know, you have to, you'd have to be working at Fox and nose around to find out who it was. Well, somebody may come up with it, but uh, regardless, uh, I mean, I know after the show you'll look at it, John, and you'll look at it just as many times as I did. You'd be like, I can't see an edit, so I'm dumbfounded. Um, first of all, by the fact they just cut off the audio. I was like, oh, make him look like he sucked. And then let's go. <laughs> I know, then, that's that's really low. And then let's go. Yeah. And then let's go straight into Afghanistan, and we're going to go kick their ass. <laughs> you know the way that you're supposed to do it. If you don't like it, and you don't like the audience applauding. You know, you'd, you'd have them say the line, and then you get. Then you have applause. Then you'd fade. You kind of do a. You do a fade or a cutaway or something, and, and you you tighten up the speech. You'd yeah, exactly. You you'd cut the piece out. Exactly. Exactly. And you wouldn't just leave a bunch of dead air. But this is this is what doesn't make sense. The way they just cut the audio. I mean, it's so apparent. I mean, you hear it. It's and everything goes dead. I mean, they just literally they chopped it out. So not even lowered the volume, which also or makes him look like an idiot. We, I did. I think I've talked about this before. I don't want to hear the horn, but when I was doing uh, uh, Silicon Spin and some other stuff at uh, ZDTV, became Tech TV. They took us down to Las Vegas and they put us in front of this huge audience, and uh, we were chatting. And it was, and every once in a while, you'd say something extremely funny, and the audience funny. would go nuts. Audience would go nuts, and <laughs> the idiots, <laughs> they never mic the audience. Yeah, and you heard like... <laughs> you heard nothing, and so you, if you watch the thing being broadcast, it would be like you'd say something that was funny, got no response, but because you were waiting for the audience laughter to stop, to, so you could time back into the discussion, yeah. uh, instead of that, you, you just saw the group of us sitting up there with blank stares, 
yeah. not talking for no good reason. And yeah. It makes, makes you look like an idiot. idiot. That's yeah. the only reason you do that. Amen. Dvorak's bombing. Like- Dvorak's bombing. Yeah, you make, you make him look like an idiot, but because the sound edit was so poor, that's why I can't believe that the that the video edit was so awesome. That's what doesn't well, make sense. Know, they, to get that video edit, they may have had to kill the sound. I don't know, man. Well, yeah, because they got the, he was still in the in the, the there was the the final finale of the applause when he went started when he started talking about his second issue, and you you just can't cut to something completely different. So it would sound like there's a, applause and then nothing. You, no, it's, I think you, I mean I'm not saying that's the reason they did it. Uh, I, they're obviously they wouldn't have left it so so much dead air unless they were trying to humiliate him. Right. It was just it was just an unfair. Uh, uh, kind of thing that I mean, this all these networks are the, are just lopsided. It's ridiculous. I'm surprised. You know, no wonder people listen to our show and they say, "I don't even watch real news anymore." It's crap. You know, and I was trying to find a, a clip of Don Lemon yesterday. I did it again, John. I'm kicking myself in the arse so hard. I flipped on CNN. I would just flip through the channels. I land on CNN. Don Lemon. Don Lemon. Everybody. Don Lemon on the weekend here. CNN headlines. And uh, and yeah, I think he has the governor on for. Louisiana. I don't know who he had like some official. Jindal? No, it wasn't Jindal. I can't remember. And he's like, well, no, I hear that, uh, you know, they're going to have to burn the marshes down there. It's like, oh, this is really horrible. It's a epic proportion, huge magnitude of. Uh, uh. And, the, and this, I think it was the guy, I don't know if it was Jindal. He says, well, this is, in the, this is exactly the type of disinformation that people like you spread, which is ridiculous. We burn marshes every single year. And Lemon gets all defensive. He's like, but well, AP says, AP says, AP, AP says that this is incorrect. And then, and then the guy says, yeah, this, this is like no big deal. You know, I'm not saying that, that we don't have a problem, but burning of the marshes is something that is very typical. We do it all the time. We do it every single year. And then Lemon is like, so wait a minute. So what exactly did I say that was wrong? And I couldn't. I was. I was like, please, because I did it on the wrong on the wrong cable box, the one that doesn't record. And I'm well, hoping. Stop it, will you? you do this? I every know. Week? I'm a douche. Douchebag. Ah, uh, and I'm I'm desperately trying to find the clip because I wanted to point so you out. You get a TiVo and hook it up to that second. I know. Box. I know. I can get it. I can just get another DVR box because I wanted to point out. I just wanted to say. That because um, you know all the news networks are running this live video of the uh, the deep water break, okay? And I just want people to think logically for a moment. This this is a BP video, okay? It's on the BP website. I've actually linked to it in the show notes. Now, if BP wanted to, if they were really upset and wanted to downplay and didn't want to put their drilling rights at risk, etc., if they were really good guys and they weren't, as I assert, actually trying to get all kinds of noise in the marketplace and eventually have the price of oil pop up to 100 because they can say, oh, we can't drill anymore, they wouldn't be putting a live camera down there and giving the feed to everybody. This is so illogical, and no one seems to understand this. The BP is saying, oh, here it is. Look how horrible. Oh, look at this. The oil is just spewing out. Please watch our live webcam. Does anyone not, not follow the logic that this is a setup? I mean, it's like so obvious. And, and, and all the networks are like, oh, we've got this video, exclusive live video. Look at this. It's just spewing out. Well, of course, they want you to see that. That's the whole point. Because now, you know, the inventory is already, everyone's running out of oil now. So now the, the price of oil is going to go up to 100. And all these guys have got oil sitting in tanks that they, uh, they uh, paid 40 bucks for. And they're going to sell it for 100. It's 
so easy. And now we have more power to them. Yeah. Now we have uh, another (laughs) possible blowout scenario uh, in the North Sea. Uh, Norwegian uh, oil company Statoil has evacuated uh, uh, most of the employees, except a few who will stay behind and apparently get blown to pieces. Uh, from uh, one of their deep sea rigs, okay. the North Sea isn't even that deep. I'm not quite sure how deep it is, uh, but they've got a pressure build up, and they're expecting Ooh. they're expecting a blowout. So Uh-oh. that's they, oh, that's on the horizon. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, and now the president, because of course he's uh, on board with the program and has to uh, and has to propagate uh, how horrible this all is. And I'm not even going to play the video of him again saying that this is a, a spill of. Epic proportion, you know, a magnitude the world has never seen before, except on a live webcam brought to you by BP. Uh, and he has uh, put in uh, or uh, called for an oil spill independent commission. And uh, so he's nominated former Florida Governor Bob Graham, uh, who uh, is a Democrat. Well, you got to get some work for these guys. Well, the other guy is more interesting, uh, Bill Riley, uh, a.k.a. William K. Riley, and this is just too funny, when uh, when you see this guy's uh, resume, currently advisor to TPG Capital, it's actually one of the largest buyout firms in the world, uh, along with KKR, he is uh, on the board of ConocoPhillips, <laughs> Royal Caribbean International, <laughs> he's an oil guy. <laughs> Yeah, why not? But but he was the former EPA under uh, uh, 41, H.W. Bush. And since then, the guy's just gone on to become like the, the hugest oil shill in the world. <laughs> yeah, bring him in. It'll be good. He, he really has our interest at heart. He really wants to save the environment. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's also uh, on the board of uh, the World Wildlife Fund. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know those guys are straight and narrow. So, so it's just, it's just, it's just hilarious. It really is I'm just like, okay. And by the way, I, I still have, I've yet to see, um, real, and I keep seeing the same like still frame, which is a beautiful shot, by the way. I think I first saw it on boston.com when you see like some water droplets close up of a, a sea that's like kind of churning and it looks like there's oil in there and you don't know exactly where it is, but I don't see anything on the shores. I don't see, uh, Tons of birds washing up dead, all oil covered. I'm just not yeah, seeing it's, it. That, it's, well, that's going to happen. <laughs> it better. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. It just doesn't. It, this is weird. The cabal. Yeah, well, not much we can do about it. I just want to point it out. The bigger news was the vole. The what? The vole, and the, apparently uh, they were giving a. Obama was giving what is a speech. Vol? What is the vole? You don't know what a vole is either. No, V O L E. Uh, I always thought it was a V O L V O L E, but I think it may be V O L. It's a little, little mouse-looking thing. It's like it looks like oh, a, that uh, the walk by the president's uh, lectern. Yeah, and apparently the president didn't notice it, and so now, so there, so if you got my vole clip, uh, you have Gibbs uh, showing his ignorance uh, and. Had to bring it up in the, or somebody brought it up in the press conference, and it was a big debate. Yeah, this is uh, the press secretary, uh, aka the president's mouthpiece. Of the seal, I got to tell you, that's a rat. No, uh, 
That's a, where I'm from, that's a rat. And uh, all treated as such. We've been online all day. What's a vole? We've been online all day. We've been checking it out. It's a vole. It's a vole. It's a vole. It's a vole. I don't know, but they keep tweeting it. A vole is a rodent about that size. But it's not a vole. It's a vole. That's the hybrid. If we didn't have so many people in the Gulf working on this, we could. Are you going to use the humane I would say, what's that? What's the president want done about it? Uh, that he did not get into. Uh, look, I, my guess is that it lives out there somewhere in the Rose Garden uh, quite comfortably, uh, be a pretty good Rose Garden uh, to live in. I still think it's definitely not a mouse. I've seen a mouse, and they're, they're not nearly that big, but I'm now going to go Google Bowl and see uh, uh, if John Holdren is around. Thanks, guys. John Holdren is around. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so there's a bunch of uh, you can hear some of these guys. And one guy defining vole. By the way, and it, this is the and world says, press. Oh, by the way, the tail was too short for it to be a rat. It had to be a vole. And <laughs> this which, is the world which, press. <laughs> this is the world press, and they're all kibitzing. And one of them says, "Are they going to c- capture it humanely?" You can hear that <laughs> guy in the back. You, could, you, 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 you just see him holding his hand up, waving it. They're going to capture the vole humanely, and this is like this is what this is what news passes for has come to. Yeah, uh, it sounds like a bunch of clowns. Is it? It's a big theater. Oh man, that's funny. I like it. So uh, over the weekend, I mean, I was—I don't even have one tenth the number of clips I could have for the show, because I, there was a number of really entertaining uh, afterwards and book TV uh, shows, which has got to be—if anybody wants to—you don't have to sit around on Saturday watching uh, C-SPAN. You can set up your recorder and record some of these things. They, it's so much better than a talk show to have some book author who's d- done a lot of work on some topic to to have them. Sp- you know, basically spill their guts about you know the real importance of the, what they just wrote, and and to let them talk for an hour. Yeah, hold on, a, hold on a second. You know, hold on a second. To what we do, so you don't have to see. We just want to keep reminding people so that they uh, support the show because so, this is uh, what we do. Yeah, we do. We watch C-SPAN. So, uh, but but there's so much difference. Be- there's a, just an amazing difference between somebody discussing their book for an hour and somebody coming on Letterman and 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 giving him five minutes or six minutes between commercials. Right. And uh, so, and one of the things that I've noticed, uh, especially with some of these people, a lot of people have a lot of writers. Uh, especially if they're ex-government or whatever, they have grievances. <laughs> oh, yeah, which is why they write a book, right? Because they're pissed <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, the grievances are in the book, but they also, you can tell what the grievances sometimes are because they bring them straight out and uh, as asides. And uh, so Richard Clark, the, who was mentioned in the last week's show, who is the ex-CIA guy, who is obviously still working for the agency in some way, uh, who supposedly was sounding the alarm about 9-11, you know, back in July of the, before the September. Oh, yeah. And, and now he's sounding the alarm on cyber, cyber war. Cyber war, yeah. And he has a new book called Cyber War. And he has, uh, he's revealed a number of interesting things, but one of them, one, there's two anecdotes I want to play that I thought were, one is he kind of slams Hillary in an offhanded way. Uh, it just as, it's got nothing to do with what he's talking about. He just throws this piece, this factoid in, and he, the way he does it, I got the feeling that 
Hillary was supposed to keep her mouth shut about how many nukes we actually had during the Cold War, but decided to blab it anyway. And so he does. He just kind of he puts out this little little aside that I found was highly amusing. Which one is it? Clark mentions Hillary. Uh, oh, okay. Sorry. Here we go. Uh, balance was this concept of mutual assured destruction, or MAD. Essentially what MAD said was, if you attack me with nuclear weapons, even if you surprise me, I will have enough nuclear weapons left after your attack to totally destroy you. We, the United States, came up with that theory. We built enough nuclear weapons. We now, by the way, we now know how many. Hillary Clinton announced, or the Pentagon announced last week, how many nuclear weapons the United States had at the height of the Cold War and how many we have today. It was like 33,000 nuclear weapons at the height of the Cold War, and it's like 5,100 or something today. Hmm. The way he says it, announced, you know, as though she wasn't supposed to say anything. Stupid bitch. And, and then he takes, it, takes on Bush with this little gem, which I thought was a – this one actually made me lift my eyebrows because it was just nasty. Asset understanding or even an international treaty today not to attack international banking because everybody's invested in everybody else and the whole international financial system is so interconnected that for most countries, maybe not for North Korea, maybe not for Iran – you could create agreements to, to say, don't attack this. Before we invaded Iraq the last time, there was a plan to do a cyber attack on the Iraqi banking system and essentially to steal Saddam Hussein's money <laughs> so they couldn't escape the country with his money. And President Bush said no. He was willing to kill 100,000 people uh, and willing to invade and bomb you know, the country back to smithereens, but he wasn't willing to mess with the banking system. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That was a winner. <laughs> oh, my God. What's the name of this book? Uh, Cyber War. We got to put this in the No Agenda book club. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I want to read this. I wonder if it's available in the iBook store. Uh, oh, my goodness. That's great. It didn't want to mess with the bank. The, the, just offhandedly, the fact that it can be done. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I guess it can. Oh, that's uh, great. That's mint. So he also... <clears throat> As part of the uh, theme for this show, at least from my perspective, that we we, we were discovering new words. Uh, I've got another Clark clip here that is titled New Words. See if you can identify a word he, he, by the way, and the word he uses once in this clip, he uses and uses and uses. But see if you can identify this word, because as soon as he said it, I said, I have never heard this word ever being used ever. Then you find the person who might, provide the information. You have to persuade them. You have to pay them. You have to do all of this manipulation. And it's very risky. And what do you get as a result? You know, a shoebox filled with paper. In one hour, a hacker can get into a network and exfiltrate equivalents of the Library of Congress. Terabytes of information out the door. In exfiltrate, yeah, I guess that's a combination of extracting and infiltrating. Definition of exfiltrate. Hold on. Uh, oh, crap. Exfiltration. Wikipedia. 
Military jargon for the removal of personnel or units from areas under enemy control by stealth, deception, surprise, or clandestine means. Also a term used by civil engineers, a method for managing stormwater runoff. Hmm. In computer terminology, exfiltration refers to the unauthorized release of data from within a computer system. This includes copying the data out through covert network channels or the copying of data to unauthorized media. There you go. It's a military term. Yeah, well, it's going to catch on. It's got a nice sound. Yeah, we need to exfiltrate some support from our audience. Yes, we do. <laughs> we need to exfiltrate some. <laughs> uh, let's just uh, let's just put that into our own vernacular. I'd like to exfiltrate another clip from Richard Clark, John, if you have one. Yeah, I do. Uh, this is uh, actually Clark uh, describing some. I don't know if this has ever been publicized. I didn't know this. I know. Remember when the Israelis uh, went and bombed some some nuke facility in syria it was a few years ago mm, vaguely it, it, it flew in and blew up some something it was it got very little news coverage and it, it wasn't a lot uh said about it but i mean except for the fact that it happened and there wasn't a lot of protests or anything but he actually describes a, a, a situation that i didn't know about here we go days the way europe was last month because of the volcano what if all that happened at the same time And what if, in addition to attacking those civilian infrastructures, the military organization that was attacking uh, also attacked the other military? So they turned off the communication system of the other military. Perhaps they turned off the air defense of the other military. To make this clear, let me give you one example of how that could work. Cyber War, the book, opens with a scene in Syria in in 2007. Syrian air defense operators are sitting there at night, almost midnight. They're looking at their radar screens. There's not much up in the air in Syria at that time of day, time of night. Nothing going on. All is well. At the exact same moment that they thought the sky was empty, the sky was filled with Israeli F-15s and F-16s that had flown through Turkey and then done a right hook and come down into Syria to blow up a secret nuclear facility uh, in the corner of Syria up near the Turkish border. They bombed it, destroyed it, and escaped. And never once did any of those big F-15s and big F-16s show up on Syria's radar screens. And the F-15s and F-16s were designed in the 1970s, and they're big, and they reflect radar like a Christmas tree lighting up. But they never appeared on the Syrian radar screens. Because before Israel launched its planes, it launched its cyber attack. Secretly took over the Syrian air defense network and gave the Syrian air defense operators an image that Israel wanted them to see, which was, nothing's happening. (laughs) Those explosions you hear in the background (laughs) and those airplanes you hear flying overhead must be someone's TV. So, cyber war has already started. There are examples of cyber war. Estonia was attacked a few years ago 
its banking system, its government ministries, its phone system crashed. People from Russia, perhaps the Russian government, but people in Russia did it. A year later, when Russia invaded the nation of Georgia, as their tanks were rolling across the border into Georgia, their cyber attack was simultaneously occurring, bringing down communication systems, banking, uh, and other key functions of the Georgian government. It's not a theory. It's happened. It's happened on a small scale. It's happened somewhat primitively. But it has happened in the real world. And we know that a lot more can be done than has happened in cyberspace. You know, it's so obvious to me that uh, this may not even be true, what he's saying. Yeah, there? no, it's, it's uh, you don't know. I mean, this sounds like, you know, and by the, it's and all by the, scary, you know, woo, you know, trust us. We've got to take control yeah. of your interwebs. This is right. what it sounds like to me. the other thing is, when did Richard Clark become an expert in this field of, of, of expertise? I well, mean, I, well, that's very he's obvious. He's a CIA, sp- he's a spook, <laughs> let's face it. Yeah. And he is, you know, this book is written by the agency. Yes. Uh, I think yes. there's a lot of books out there like that. I think it's probably got a lot of good stuff in it, but again, it's information that we're we're being fed for a reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is, a, and if you listen to this whole speech of his, which was given by the way, and here's what's funny about it: he was given this speech. This is a speech he gave us an hour, uh, approximately an hour. Uh, it was given at the Spy Museum. Of all places. Of all places. But the hilarious part is when you're watching this, because they have posters everywhere, there's Richard Clark at the podium, and these posters all around him with the one word, big word, spy. And it's like the spy museum. You walk in, there's nothing there. It's all covert. I'm sorry. You can't. I mean, you just look at, there's Richard Clark talking, and there's this word spy all around him, surrounding him. And it's like, hello, can you get the message? Let's don't be too subtle about this. And so we have a spy, hello, telling this stuff. And it's like, you know, what is is this information, good or bad? I don't know. But he did get his little, his digs in on Hillary and Bush and a few other people. Well, yeah, yeah, and I I think you get to do that, right? When you're out there, (laughs) you have to have, you have to come across as having some kind of credibility. So I think that I just throw some shit in there. We don't care as long as you propagate the message. And this, of course, will be used to shut down the Internet. And uh, and and stop people from uh, messing with the Ministry of Truth, you know. And and this is probably no coincidence that the the chief dude uh, in charge of all intelligence, uh, what's his name, Blair? Yeah, he fought, he quit. Yeah, he <laughs> in a so, huff. Yeah, and it, and it's I I now I've been following a couple of different threads. Dennis Blair. He is the top intelligence advisor. I think this is the guy who was placed in between the CIA right, the and the president. Man, the middleman. Who is a no-win situation. Yeah, like, the, the, you know, the guy's probably looking over his shoulder all the time. You know, is it going to be a CIA bullet or something else? And so he resigns all of a sudden. And uh, I, I'm receiving some reports that uh, he resigned because he was so distraught over the assassination of Jerry Kane and his son Joseph which and, and I, I think these two stories just might tie together uh, do you hear about this no I'm all ears well Jerry Kane uh, is an anti-government guy 
who has a website and uh, he, he does speeches and uh, he, I don't know, he might have an infomercial, but the guy has been around for a while and he tells you how to, you know, not pay taxes and not get arrested and you know, essentially taking the uh, the constitution to its extreme, uh, which of course there is only one way to, to it really interpret the constitution, but his way is the opposite of <laughs> what, what government really wants you to think. Um, and he has, uh, I think we even, uh, someone sent me the password to his website. So he's one of those, uh, you know, the, te- the IRS is illegal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, let me just, uh, if I look at his website for a second, hold on. Um, oh, also, he's big on how to prevent foreclosure of your, uh, of your home. So here it is. Uh, Jerry Kane and his beautiful son Joe were shot down by law enforcement Thursday, May 20th, while en route back to their... That's his website, his home in Florida. So a foreclosure, he has sample letters that you can send. Um, he has, you know, all the interesting information. You know, it's, I guess, really more against the banks than anything, which is probably more dangerous than being against the IRS. And um, he gives classes, and he basically shows you how to keep your shit without, you know, the banks coming and taking it all away. Credit bureaus, how to deal with notices, uh, guy's kind of weird looking. Well, he's he's very weird looking now because he's dead. They uh, they caught him at a roadblock and they they shot him and his son. And it's it's very sketchy as to exactly what happened. Uh, the reporter to have left Las Vegas this past Tuesday, where they had given one of their financial seminars, were en route to Safety Harbor, Florida, to deliver another one while traveling through the state of Arkansas. By the way, a fine Clinton state. They were intercepted by what the U.S. media is calling one of Obama's interrogation teams. And that's uh, from a Reuters article. At an interstate highway roadblock where the shootout occurred, killing two police officers. Further reports, Kane and his son were tracked down 90 minutes after the initial roadblock shootout to a Walmart parking lot where in a hail of bullets, both Kane and his son were killed and another two police officers were wounded. And when you see these guys, it makes no sense that these, these guys don't look very hostile, I'll tell you that. Let's look at a couple of guys trying to make a buck uh, by showing you how not to, you know, that you can stand up to the banks and not have everything taken away. And uh, so the idea here is that Blair's like, wait a minute, these guys were essentially ordered to be assassinated, which of course now the president can pretty much do. Just say, oh, you know, pfft. You have no rights anymore under the uh, uh, the anti-government uh, dissident uh, order. Right, and he's already given the, the kill order on a couple of U.S. citizens. Yeah, who, who don't live in America. And so this is the story is that Blair quit over this. He said, screw this. I want no part of it. I, let me out of here. This is nuts. And I think there's some credibility to that. Mm. Well, he had to quit for some reason. Yeah, well, warrants more investigation, but uh, it yeah, is... nothing's going to come of it. Well, it's like I'm, not, I'm not done yet. You spend your time watching the book club. I'm going down to Florida. Maybe not. The uh, so Gary Weaver, you know, same thing. It's the same thing. thing. It's the same assassinated thing. him. Yeah. Um, well, they didn't assassinate him. They, 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 they made him toe the line by killing his wife. Yeah, next to him. Well, she was and standing a baby next to him. And a oh. dog and whatever. Yeah. But this whole thing is weird where you did like these in, the interrogation team. This, listen to this Reuters uh, article. This is Reuters. 
Oh, headline, Obama starts deploying interrogation teams. The Obama administration has started using special law enforcement and intelligence teams to interrogate suspected militants in the United States. U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder announced the formation of the, here it comes, high-value detainee interrogation group and gave the reins to the FBI replacing the CIA that did not have the lead role in intelligence Interrogation. So there's already a rift there between the CIA and the FBI. The program calls for the deployment of mobile interrogation teams made up of specialists from across the law enforcement and intelligence community to question important detainees, whether they are in U.S. custody or in the custody of foreign government. So mobile interrogation teams. So this is this. These guys, just roll up. Hey, we're from uh, Hig. The high, this is what it says, a high-value deta- detainee information group, interrogation group, the HIG. It says it right there on the Reuters report. We're, from, we're the HIG pigs. HIG, we're, HIG, we're here HIG. to ask you some questions. Shut up, slave. We'll shoot you like Jake. Didn't you see the badge? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's terrible. It is terrible. And how come the media says nothing about this? And what, are these two, these two uh, j- as you like to say, jabronis? jabronis. They were like high value, some guy giving <laughs> seminars about paperwork? High value, baby. <laughs> oh, I've got to brighten the, the mood here. A couple of birthday shout-outs. Kasif Hussein is his birthday today. Happy birthday on behalf of the entire No Agenda crew, consisting of me, John, and Eric Bashil. Eric Newman's birthday tomorrow. And uh, celebrating her birthday today as well, Sir John Snyder's mother. Happy birthday to y'all from No Agenda. We have a couple of people in the Deuce Club. We forgot to mention Dave Koss is now in. Yeah, sorry about that. I think that, we Dave. did the Mark uh, Coylan thing. Yeah, I remember. I, I remember we yeah, did yeah. the pronunciation of Mark Coylan. Right, right, right. But right. he he wanted to shout out for his uh, business seed care. I think that's what didn't we, we do that. I don't know, man. I don't know. We can we can get pretty wrapped up in these pronunciations. <laughs> we can get very distracted. Brisbane, Brisbane, Brisbane. That's right. Uh, some uh, other uh, donors this week. Again, it was a uh, people should uh, step up. I think. Um, this is this is our this is like uh, this particular list that I'm seeing here is back to two say, years ago. Yeah, it, it's going to say 18 months ago. Uh, John Snyder, uh, sixty dollars. Hussein or Kashif Hussein, we just mentioned fifty two thirty seven. Uh, he also, uh, yeah, he's in Frankfurt. Brett Merriweather uh, gave us fifty one fifteen, uh, and he's going to uh, do a promotional discount at the Hey on what Hey on is it Hey on Why Why W Y E Booksellers dot com is in uh, uh, Hertfordshire. Hey on Hey on Why it says Why doesn't it? I'll, I'll, hmm. Hey H E H A Y O N W Y E, which is an area. Uh, booksellers.com uh, we'll put it in the show notes. Hey on, hey on why I guess I think that's the way it's pronounced mm-hmm. Jeffrey Glenn in uh, Gales Ferry Connecticut uh, of course he's, he's just a knight uh, just a, he's a knighthood layaway so he's headed to knighthood John Kelly is too and then I've got some some checks that uh, showed up in the mailbox and we need to mention these folks 
including one I'm going to put off till next week or till next uh, Thursday. So you know who you are. Uh, we have uh, Carrie Washimoto, who uh, turned 55, and so he gave us 55-55. Oh, nice. And he's in uh, somewhere in uh, Toronto, it looks like. And uh, John Henry, uh, who's in Puerto Rico, uh, he says he's been listening since show one, and I guess you could call me a fan. <laughs> I've contributed before, but it's been a long time, so I feel I'm sliding toward douchedom. So douche here's. Bag. Oh, wait, no, he gets deduced right now. Yeah. Okay. You've been deduced. Awesome. He's uh, given us uh, $51 in honor of Puerto Rico becoming the 51st state. <laughs> Puerto Rico, welcome. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that'll work. And then right. uh, $60 came in from uh, uh, Tom Kilbride in Waco, oh. uh, who uh, has a, uh, sent a letter in with the words across, scrolled across the top in big, giant print. Screw PayPal. And, uh, <laughs> was it like newspaper print cut out? No, no, it's actually some type font that's kind of interesting. I wouldn't mind having a copy of it. Uh, and he gave us 60 bucks, And that was it for this week. We didn't, uh, I would say we did poorly. Uh, and I hope that uh, people out there don't want to keep getting mailings from me. They'd rather... Uh, well, kind of well is, is this just because we're not providing value, John? I mean, no, do, I think do, are we, we are, sucking? We did, we, we did get a lot of... Uh, of uh, Smaller amounts. I'm not going to say we didn't get any money. Well, yeah, we always we always have our five dollars a month. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we always. And I have see a lot of people are subscribing to the lucky thirty dollar monthly subscription, which is uh, always a good thing. I, I would recommend that. And uh, but yeah, we have to uh, we have to do better on the next show, and I hope everybody realizes that. Well, you know, the uh, dot org slash na. I think the site's still up. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Could you check yeah, that? that, that you could see? always be the problem. Are Channel the links Dvorak, working? <laughs> com slash NA mm. are the uh, two appropriate sites. And you can also go to noagendashow.com and there's a link there. Uh, and I'm going to put a, a link in the uh, my posting on the, on the Dvorak Uncensored site this week to uh, reemphasize this issue. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Because, you know, we have a lot of people that have never, you know, we have thousands of people that listen to the show have never given us 10 cents. And they, they, they religiously listen. Now, I don't mind it from, you know, there's a bunch of people that hate the show and for some reason listen to it religiously to, just because they, I don't know what their, what their problem is, but that's what they do. Uh, and then there's another thing that I want to do. I've been trying to emphasize uh, for people to get others to listen to the show. And I have some clips that I'll be bringing out, some really interesting one from this writer, Michelle Phillips, who was on uh, over the weekend discussing a book that's very interesting. But she made an interesting point. Uh, she's mostly talking about the U.K. and how it's gotten to the point where she, you go out and you, you talk to normal people, people who are the, 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 you know, the heart and soul of the country, and they have certain kinds of thoughts that nobody is reconfirming. And she made this interesting point, and I have a clip about it, which is in England especially, and, and probably in other parts of the world, you know, we always make the joke about, ah, you're just preaching to the choir. She says you should be preaching to the choir because in many parts of the world, the choir, nobody's talking to the choir anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's a very, so that's a very good point. Getting, well, wait a minute. Why are we even the choir? I, nobody else is thinking like us, are they? And so people who are thought leaders uh, have to re reaffirm to the choir. Uh, in other words, get people who already 
are kind of on board with what the kind of things we talk about, get them to listen to the show because you're not going to make anybody switch over. Right. I've had, I know a lot of people that are completely left of center and they have these knee-jerk reactions to everything, and they listen to the show once, and they, it, this is too disturbing for them to listen to this show. They're never going to become normal listeners. But the choir people... Many of them never heard of the show. Those are the people that we need to get on board, and we can get these donations up because we need more listeners. And uh, and I think certainly today's program, uh, the opening of the show with all of the real news, it should be it should be a breeze to get your spouse to listen because we know we have uh, like a ninety five percent guy ratio. We have a couple of dames, which are and and I say that not disparagingly, but dames as in knighted female listeners. And we love them, and we uh, and we cherish them. Uh, but uh, it would seem so easy if you can get your spouse listening, and and otherwise you're headed for divorce anyway. So you might as well do your best <laughs> because you're not thinking the same as her. And if you don't help us, if you don't support the show, we'll have to we'll have to continue making our own jingles. Welcome to No Agenda with Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, discussing the topics of the day, including global warming. Illegal Immigration, Lindsay Lohan, and C-SPAN. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> you know, that would be, that is what we're going to end up doing if we don't get more support for what we are doing. <laughs> we, need, we need to pay Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> to pay Jeff. Uh, by the way, I, I do want to thank, uh, the audience has been very kind to me. I launched my, uh, my iPhone app, and... Uh, Every single comment the first three days is like, this is a great app in the morning. It really hits people in the mouth. It's like, it's like the funniest thing. Other, you know, new people are, are downloading this app and they're, they're looking at reviews. I'm like, hey, what's up with the in the morning cult here? <laughs> this, it's actually, you know, the, the amount of, uh, uh, the amount of, uh, of clips I receive uh, where people catch the in the morning vibe is it's pretty astounding. Let's see. This is from uh, the marriage counselor. It's on the radio in Denver, but I, I do think there's Denver. An issue. Yeah, it doesn't matter where. Yeah, he should just walk into the parties and go. I'm with Erica in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you start to catch on. Mark Levine from the Mark Levine Show. And I decided yesterday to go back into it. See, you think I'm kidding? It's true. You don't need to listen to everybody in the morning. You listen to me, then you'll know what's coming in the morning. <laughs> the guy must be listening to us. There's no doubt well, about it. All the guy's listening to us, that guy's not listening to <laughs> And Hugo Chavez uh, made, said, hey, you in the morning, guys, you should know my jingle. Hello, Presidente. <laughs> That's his jingle. Hello, Presidente. <laughs> Hello, Presidente. That's the name of his show. Hello, Presidente. So yeah, Dvorak.org slash NA, channel Dvorak.com slash NA, and we really could uh, use your support. Um, and uh, please don't forget, we have uh, show notes that accompany this program, and that alone, I think, uh, is is worth supporting this show. They're highly searchable, uh, they're, they're used in many different uh, uh, apps for different mobile devices it's it's a great resource it's available in a, in a structured data format opml i mean there's work being done here uh, yes. uh oh john this was kind of cool the uh what's the name of the company again that makes the iphone is that hong well, hai 
that makes the iPhone? Yeah, don't they do all the the Apple stuff? Hon Hai. I thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, oh, I can't think. Uh, Foxconn. It's either Foxconn or Quantum. Maybe it was or Quanta. Quanta. Hmm. I thought it was Foxconn. The ones no, where no, the, I don't, like, no, the I don't know anymore. Killed themselves. At well, there, there was another one. An employee of manu- an, of manufacturer Hon Hai Precision Industry died. After plummeting from a building at the company's massive manufacturing complex in China, which has been rocked by a wave of suicides where two other workers fell to their deaths just last week. What is going on there? I don't know. It seems like... Oh, yeah, here it is. Han Hai, also known by his trade name Foxconn. There you go. Okay, it's Fox. Fox. (laughs) Like, you let that bastard have the 4G iPhone and got stolen by Gawker. Take him to the roof. (laughs) Take him to the the roof. roof. Not the roof. (laughs) That's exactly right, man. That's exactly right. Oh, suicide. I'm sorry. What am I thinking? <laughs> There's something very, very weird going on there at Foxconn. Not to be trusted. Um, let's see. Uh, United States of Europe has uh, finalized their uh, their Ashmageddon Council. So they've... Uh, They've got their guidelines and are now all be the, the skies are essentially centrally controlled now. So they got what they wanted. And I've got to talk to my buddy uh, who works at uh, Eurocontrol. He's one of our, we won't mention his name, but he's one of our donors. Uh, Eurocontrol is the air traffic management agency. And uh, so they're going to be uh, in control directly with the European Commission, better known as Starfleet Command. So they're going to determine when we actually are allowed to fly. And uh, there's a lot of people looking into this now saying, you know, hey, hold on a second. This is this something really, really stupid went on here. And uh, I'm sure you heard, by the way, that uh, the Indonesian volcano erupted. I'm sure there will be no more flights over Indonesia. It doesn't seem to be the case. No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. No, this. Uh, so that thing blew, uh, shooting uh, clouds up. Uh, 12 kilometers or ash and, and hot lava and clouds up 12 kilometers, 12 kilometers. And uh, so, you know, that could essentially shut down. I mean, there's a lot of flights that go around uh, Indonesia. It's not like a barren, desolate area. I don't see anyone shutting the, shutting the airspace down, interestingly enough. Yeah, well, they're not trying to push trains in Indonesia either. Well, funny you mention that. Um so there's still more, much more bad airplane news. First one, British Airways, record losses, um, and they have a strike looming, which is, uh, is complete. It, the strike, I think, is just to break one union, and I don't know what it is, but there's, there's a, a, for sure a war going on against airlines, and not being able to fly is not helping them. And uh, you know, yes. I, I don't want to come up with a more of a crackpot idea than you do. But please do. So one of our listeners, producers, uh, wrote in and suggested that the real rationale, and you have, I'm going to start yeah. to take a look at the train routes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you know this. You, uh-huh. you must have got the same note. So mm-hmm. the, uh, was the, uh, the reason you want all these high-speed trains and these new rails and the rest of it is because it's a lot easier to move people by the millions into the FEMA camps. <laughs> yeah, that was Dave Koss who wrote that. I'm like, by, by flying them. That makes so much sense. <laughs> and then uh, Kashif, who, uh, who celebrates his birthday today he says uh by the way adam do you realize that 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 center of power in switzerland zook 
Z-U-G. That is, of course, German for train. Yeah, it is. I, I never knew. I, I, I knew that. It didn't hit me, though. But the FEMA camps, like, yeah, well, that makes total sense. And then, of course, we have to have more, like, completely lame-ass, stupid mainstream news to make you afraid to fly like this one from ABC News. We are following some breaking news right now out of Boston, and there are reports that a JetBlue pilot was pulled from his plane after making some kind of threat. Several news agencies are reporting that the pilot sent a text message to someone saying he was distraught and planned to crash the plane. JetBlue has reportedly told them that the pilot was removed from service for, quote, medical reasons, and they claim no one on board the plane was ever in any danger. So I can just see it. It sounds like, like they were in danger to me. Yeah, so I'm distraught, right? I'm about to, I'm in the plane. I'm distraught. Let me send a text message. Hold on. Oh, damn T9 correction. Oh, hold on. Uh, not horde. It's head. I'm going to shoot my head. Yeah. <laughs> like, please. I'm going to crash the plane. Text message, indeed. <laughs> what a crock. Yeah. And I mean, that yeah. story makes no sense whatsoever. No. And then, of course, uh, all, <laughs> all, I know it's nuts. All over the news, uh, this uh, unfortunate incident in uh, in India, plane that came from Dubai. Now, you asked me to bring a full report, John. I, I think, unfortunately, it was raining, runway was wet, uh, and they, they overshot the runway. This does happen. Unfortunately, this runway is not the one you want to overshoot. Uh, because it, at the end it drops off uh, into a ravine, <laughs> so they just went well, off. That's the report, and that's the way it is. Yeah, they went off over the edge. Now, what uh, what I don't see a lot of news about, and you wonder why, is um, two plane cra- two uh, train crashes in uh, in China. Oh, yeah, fifty people dead in total. Two train crashes. Now, I wonder if that's going to get as much play. As uh, as this airline, I'm guessing no. No, we can't talk about train crashes, and they're also a mess when they happen. Yeah, they're in twelve or fifteen cars derailed. Oh yeah, no, it, it's ugly, and they have to cut open these uh, these train carriages. It's, and I don't think these were high speed trains. Um, which is probably why it's not. Oh, it's not a high speed train. Well, then we might as well not report on it. It's just an old rickety thing. But uh, yeah, train crashes are quite ugly, and it's, but it somehow it just doesn't have the romance of a, of a plane crash and all the foam and babies being pulled from wreckage filled with foams. Ugh! So let's see how much play that gets as we're being transitioned from the airlines to the uh, FEMA camp one-way high-speed rail project. Uh, Sean Masak has been doing some research as requested. Um, trying to look into the PR firm for the uh, Codex Alimentarius. And I don't think you're going to find a PR firm specifically for the Codex Alimentarius, who, of course, are now uh, uh, providing this assault on salt. I'm, I'm getting mail from all over the world. Everywhere this is being rolled out in exactly the same fashion. Gitmo Nation uh, Lowlands is, uh, is way on board the program. They've got talk shows in the evening, doctors being rolled out on panels. Yes, salt is killing us. Urgh, salt is very bad. We've got to get rid of salt. Salt Unilever, which, of course, is an Anglo-Dutch company. Yeah, well, we've got to lower all the salt and everything. And so the salt is under assault. He did find- I'm now convinced. I'm now convinced. The more I listen to you uh, about this issue, and the more I read about it from others, that I think your your early thesis is the one that's that's the big thesis, which is there's going to be quote unquote new salt. Oh, I ha- well, you just said the brand name. You just got it. You guessed it. 
You guessed it. And it's called New Salt? Yes. Cumberland, Cumberland Packing Corp. is the company that for years has been bringing you uh, NutraSweet, Butter Buds, uh, <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah. Uh, they go to, go to N-U-S-A-L-T-A-L-T.com, NewSalt.com. It's here. New Salt. N-U-S-A-L-T dot com. Brought to you by the Cumberland Packing Corporation. And uh, what is New Salt? New Salt you is a... grab that domain name. Yeah, it's a sodium-free substitute that we believe... That we believe looks, tastes, and sprinkles like real salt. Please consult with your physician before yeah. using New Salt. What? Yeah, well, I'm looking at this website. These are not the people behind this... Uh promotion because this is mediocre well well but go look go look at the, there's something else there's a bigger company this monsanto or somebody else has got to have something coming out that's that's not so lame well would you please go look at cumberland packing corporation it's cpac.com and these guys make uh sugar in the raw stevia in the raw Nutra, natra taste blue natra taste gold sweet and low new salt butter buds and sweet one they've been doing it for 50 years according to their website. Uh, and they manufacture it, John. These guys make it. So, Stat Holdings Corporation. Hold on a second. Hmm. What is in New Salt? Is This is a pota- potassium thing. It's <clears throat> not healthy. No, of course it's not. It says consult your doctor before using. How can it be? <laughs> isn't that like a, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's a giveaway. Hmm. hmm. Stat Holdings Corp, also in Brooklyn. Let's see, uh, anyway, so yeah, New Salt. Yeah, you're right. We should have grabbed that domain name. That would have been awesome. Um, so anyway, just just briefly back to Sean. Ketchum is the PR agency for the United Nation. United Nations Hoffman and Hoffman Worldwide is the PR firm for the World Health Organization. Uh, Hoffman represent a lot of interesting names. Have you ever heard of Hoffman PR, John? Yeah. Government of Japan, their clients. Government of Mexico, government of the Netherlands, government of Norway, government of Turkey. They seem to be specialists. GlaxoSmithKline, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, Pharmaceuticals Research Manufacturers of America. I mean, these guys, they, they the World Bank, they represent the World Meteorological Organization. So, of course, they're helping out with global warming. These guys, uh, they got an impressive client list. They got somebody in the agency there that's a hot shot. Uh, we should hire them. <laughs> we should. Maybe we get better. <laughs> we should. Yeah. But they should just work on a on a pro bono basis for, for us. So, um, and that was uh, Philip R. who found... Uh, who f- Hello. You okay? Suddenly somebody fell down the stairs. <laughs> so, coming to you from Foxconn Central. <laughs> it's 500... Yeah, it's a, it's a potassium chloride product. Uh... With yeah, that's not a. You don't want to be loading up on potassium. Well, it's new salt. Well, like uh, like NutraSweet is good for you. Well, I, you shouldn't be loading up on that either. You should. You, why do you need something to be so sweet all the time? Anyway, okay. Um, Minneapolis, Oak Creek, Minneapolis, uh, and this was weird when I read this. A message went out from the Oak Creek Health Department. They are offering adult immunizations and in the adult immunization clinic June 15th in the Common Council Room at City Hall. Vaccines being offered. 
hepatitis A, hepatitis B, HPV, Gardasil for males and females up to age 26, MMR for adults born after 1957, TD, Tdap, and varicella. And this is made possible through funding from the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009. So our, uh, our, our, uh, our stimulus went for vaccinations? Well, I guess... Well, then, while we're on the top topic of vaccinations, we have a few clips. Okie doke. So, you know, the, the, this, this, science, this group, I, you don't really know who they are or where they came from, but all of a sudden they supposedly synthesized uh, some DNA or synthesized uh, something. Oh, right, they're, they're artificial life or something like that, right? Well, it's synthetic, they say, not artificial, it's different. Okay. There's, there's some... some, uh, some uh, so, you've you got to help me out. So, what exactly have they done? Well, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> so you went to do some research, as we do on this show. It's like they apparently they they explained it in this long in this long uh, clip, which uh, I we don't I don't have the whole thing here. But the guy's his name's Craig Ventner, and he is a um, they get one of these guys who likes to deconstruct. Uh, he, he's a uh, he did the human genome. Was a part of the human genome project, and oh, he I think, okay. de- think he did one of the first. Uh, uh, so so now he's now invasive. he's cashing in on his. Uh, well, no, they decided to. Uh, they, they, they supposedly they took a computer. They they created a uh, a fake uh, DNA. They they, re- they deconstructed how to, what the stuff what a, what a genome looks like, and then they created one in a computer, which had which also has a bunch of email addresses plugged into it and then they stuck it. In, in, into the genome yeah Wait. email addresses yep. and thank you notes and a couple of quotes baked into your dna yeah then a web address <laughs> and, a, and, and a web server <laughs> so anyway so they took all they, they created this little thing from what he can what he says is four bottles of chemicals and they made the strand artificially and then they shoved it in a, like a, i guess they took some little bacteria which was alive, I guess, at the time, and they gutted it and dropped this thing in real quick before the bacteria could die, and now they've got some bacteria that is like completely some whole new form of life. It's sketchy. Okay. And But, but you, there's a couple of clips I have here. Let me get back to my clip page. Um, there's a couple of clips here. There's the... There's the, the one that got to me. One is, like, who financed this idea... The guy's very glib, by the way. He has no sense of humor. He's a classic engineer. But the, play a synthetic DOE uh, for starters, and then we'll go to the real. Sorry? Then we'll get to the real, real guts of this. And even with uh, this announcement, as we did in 2003, uh, that work was funded by the Department of Energy. So it, the work was reviewed uh, at the level of the White House, uh, trying to decide whether to classify the work or, or publish it. And uh, they came down on the side of open publication, which is the, the right approach. Uh, we've uh, briefed the White House. Uh, we briefed members of Congress. Uh, we've tried to take and push the policy issues uh, in parallel with the scientific advances. <laughs> Department of Energy. Didn't that get you? No, I, it makes so much sense. It's like the, the Matrix. Department of Energy also, you know, very few people realize that, you know, people talk about, oh, the military secrets in at Area 51 or 54, whatever the heck 51, the name of it is. 51. 51. Is owned by the Department of Energy. Yes. Yeah, That's a I, Department of Energy facility. And now, now we're having synthetic life 
financed by the Department of Energy? What? Why? Oh, well, have you not seen The Matrix? <laughs> We're all going to be batteries. No, okay, so, yeah. <laughs> That's why it's like this is this is the, the true meaning sense. of the smart grid. This is what it's all about. You get your web server plugged into your DNA. You get a couple of thank you notes, so you know you can run around in the matrix and be civil. But meanwhile, you're a battery plugged in. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Now here's the here's the, the he gives his long speech about this. It's very boring, and I have it on the blog dvorak.org slash blog. You can watch it. But anyway, he at the end somebody asks him a question. It's the only question he actually answers with any long-winded answer. But within the answer, you all will be revealed. It's a little lengthy, but you have to listen to it in its entirety and you'll see what this is really all about and it falls right into everything we've been talking about on this show so with that uh, i would like to uh, open it first to the floor uh, for questions yes in the back could you explain in layman's terms how significant a breakthrough this is please can we explain how significant this is? I, I, I'm not sure we're the ones that should be explaining how significant it is. It, it's significant to us. It, it, perhaps it's a giant philosophical change in how we view life. We actually view it as a baby step in terms of uh, it's taken us 15 years to now to be able to do the experiment we wanted to do 15 years ago uh, on understanding uh, life at its basic level. Uh, but we, we actually believe this is going to be a very powerful set of tools. Uh, and we're already starting in numerous avenues uh, to use this tool. Uh, we have uh, at the Institute ongoing funding now from NIH uh, in a program uh, with Novartis to try and use these new synthetic DNA tools uh, to perhaps make the uh, flu vaccine that you might get next year. Because instead of taking weeks to months to make these, uh, Dan's team can now make these in less than 24 hours. So when you see how long it took to get an H1N1 vaccine out, we think we can shorten that process uh, quite substantially. In the vaccine area, so Synthetic Genomics and the, uh, the Institute are forming a new vaccine company because we think these tools can affect vaccines uh, to diseases that haven't been possible today. Things where the viruses rapidly evolve, such with rhinovirus. Uh, wouldn't it be nice to have something that actually block common colds? Uh, or more importantly, HIV, where the virus evolves so quickly, the vaccines that are made uh, today can't... Uh, keep up with those evolutionary changes. Uh, also at Synthetic Genomics, uh, we've been working uh, on major environmental issues. I think uh, this latest oil spill in the Gulf is a, is a reminder. We can't see CO2. We depend on scientific measurements for it, and we see uh, the beginning results of having too much of it. Uh, but we can see pre-CO2 now floating on the waters and uh, contaminating the beaches in the Gulf. We need some alternatives uh, uh, for oil. Uh, we have a program with ExxonMobil to try and develop new strains of algae that can efficiently capture carbon dioxide from the atmosphere or from concentrated sources, make new hydrocarbons that can go into their refineries to make normal gasoline and diesel fuel out of CO2. Those are just a couple of the approaches and directions that we're taking. <laughs> wait a minute. These guys have the solution to everything. Uh, <laughs> they, yeah. So yeah. wait a minute. So it's With vaccines for everything. It, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fix global warming. And, uh, <laughs> and clean up the water. Oh, my God. 
you know, we, you, you know, one of the great uh, jokes of my, in in I guess global economics or whatever are these are, are these ideas of uh, invasive fish. You know, somebody brings this idiotic fish over here, and the next thing you know, it eats all the good fish in our in our lakes. Right, right. Or right. somebody brings a plant over like kudzu, and it takes over the south, and it's killing everything left and right. Yeah. So let's just invent our own invasive <laughs> products that we won't they have no idea what they've ever done. There's no natural selection against them, and let's just drop these things in the water. I mean, this is like just... <laughs> and let's turn everybody into a battery while we're at it. Into a battery. But it's like, uh, you know, this guy, and for they say, oh, we can create the vaccine uh, in 24 hours. No, you can make one, maybe one, you know, one thing with these tools. It doesn't mean you can go into full-blown manufacturing. <sighs> I mean, the whole thing is just bogus. <laughs> bogus. Well, but it's... But yeah. it's, there's, and, but it's money to, money's flying around, and not, I don't think anything's going to come of any of it, but it's amazing to me that all these people are lapping this up. Well, in pharmaceuticals, there, is a, there are a lot of things happening, and uh, they are uh, coming up with a new revision of the psychiatry's uh, uh, Bible uh, of uh, Mental Disorders. It's the DSM, release number five. And uh, there's going to be a new illness uh oh yep called and this might may fit into it psychosis risk syndrome prs look for it as the new meme a mental disorder that confirms that you may might develop a mental illness <laughs> I swear to God. By listening to our show. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. It's like, you have to take the shot, slave. You need to have it now. <laughs> PRS stands out as the most ill-conceived and potentially harmful of all syndromes, uh, naysayers, denialists say. Denialists. Yeah. However, uh, you've got this guy, uh, Australian psychiatrist Patrick McGorry. Uh, who was at the APA convention in New Orleans? He's saying, "Oh, this is great, and you know we'll have medicine for this because you know PR. Oh, no. oh yeah, we're going to give babies PRS medicine because they might become mentally unstable later on in life." <sighs> Guys like him around, yeah. <laughs> I think it- we need less. They they get, they should back off on some of these things instead of adding to it. <laughs> What do you mean? I think it's There's great. There's less mental diseases that, that are defined, you know, and some of them just like, this is just the way the guy's eccentric. It's not a, it's not some mental illness. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, of course. <laughs> I mean, you and I would obviously be diagnosed with PRS at an early age, and we'd be hyped up on on something from Glaxo Balls. or Novartis or whoever else is making all this crap. Yeah, well, luckily, uh, I don't know. Well, it's actually luckily called... some parents don't buy into this, and they don't get their kids all shot up with everything. It's actually called Risperidone, or uh, the clinical name is uh, Risperidol. Maybe that's the... No, Risperidone is the clinical name. Risperidol is the brand name made by Janssen. What is it? Oh, it reduces your risk of, quote, transition to psychosis. How? <laughs> I don't know, John. I'm just, I just bring you the news. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. Well, they used to give people lobotomies, right? That that was the. Oh that, yeah, that was another great move for. And they were these these were doctors that were advising this. That was a real good one. It was like you know, just take a chunk out of your brain. They actually had at one point. 
a uh, open air clinic that you could just it was a volunteer you can just get a lobotomy if you felt like and this is the idiots apparently lined up in Central Park New York where some one of these doctors to get a lobotomy a, yeah really? they it would line up and they would because it was considered during the era of the lobotomy as the as the great cure for everything if you had well you're nervous you you were uh, you know you couldn't hit a baseball you know you were uh, you need a lobotomy you, sta- you stammered <laughs> whatever you just need all you needed was a lobotomy it was considered like the cure all it was like considered a, a, a medis- medical miracle and so they would uh, this, apparently this one guy was so good at giving lobotomies that he could give you a lobotomy he had this long it was like an ice pick this is a very famous story this ice pick like thing it gets stick it kind of just alongside your eyeball uh, goes, through, goes through that hole where the optic nerve is and then i'm, clip, getting, I'm getting queasy <laughs> clip the little the connection between the four, uh, frontal lobe and the rest of the brain and you had a lobotomy and you could walk away a happy camper and um and 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 we think the islamists are crazy by uh, giving their women clitorectomies well, they are crazy for giving the women clitorectomies, <laughs> but that's beside the point. The point is, is that what, you know, these popular, you know, this is popular thinking at any given time. Historically, we always like to imagine that it's not going on in front of us, global warming. We imagine that there's no, there's no craziness, but in fact, it, it could be like half of the information that we're being fed on a day-to-day basis. I think, well, I think we're, we try to prove that on this show. It's just bogus or it's, it's part of a public relations stunt or it's just a, it's just a lie designed to t- separate you from your money. Uh, and yes, I, I'm on board with that one. That I think, you're bingo, you're right. And this, this does fit into things like the health care. You know, separate you from your money is absolutely, uh, I'm down with that one. You're right. Risperidone is an atypical antipsychotic used to treat schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, the mixed and manic states associated with bipolar disorder, which, by the way, I don't believe in, and irritability in children with autism. Drug developed by Janssen Selog, first released in 1994, sold under the trade name Risperidol in the Netherlands, United States, Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, Portugal, Spain, Turkey, New Zealand, and several other countries. Well, I've known too many people that have bipolar that are completely nuts, That so I'm a total believer in it, although I think it, it used to be called schizophrenia. Or can it just be called uh, eccentric? No, definitely not eccentric. Um, that's different. Well, isn't schizophrenia, isn't the definition that, that, uh, that you, uh, become paranoid and then it goes away? I mean, bipolar seems like people go really depressed. I mean, but how, what is it? Why are they really depressed? They have some sort of imbalance in their... But you, you're, tell, they, you're telling they, me that's chemical? They, they, they change personalities right before your very eyes. Yeah, but you, are you saying this is a chemical imbalance that it's not? I don't know. They don't know what I mean. If they, if they, well, that's people, that's what this stuff is for. Bipolar get lithium. It seems to help them. Hmm. Oh, by the but, way, risperidol has also been used as a control drug for people with Tourette syndrome. Hey, I should get me some. You should. <laughs> Hi, John. In the morning. <laughs> How you doing? I love everybody. Yes, global warming. It's so chilly here in Los Angeles. Hmm. So there's a bunch of news stories. I think we're off that topic. So there's a bunch of news stories hitting my in fact Mimi collected a just a ton of them about and I don't know who's doing it but there seems to be some sort of a media battle between uh, newspapers who are downplaying the the uh, illegal alien thing and TV stations w- which are upplaying it. 
Yes, yes. Fox, uh, the Geraldo show, had a particularly annoying guest host uh, who was just yelling at all of her guests. And it was just like, they were all just like, boo, it was huge, huge arguments about, uh, about immigration. Here's an Edmonds, Washington story. The man accused of raping a woman behind an Edmonds grocery store has been deported at least four times in the past 15 years, reports KIRO Radio. There seems to be this, you know, that apparently we were deporting people and dropping them off right at the Tijuana border. Uh-huh. And they just keep, and they just walk back. I mean, these people go back and forth, so, so it's pointless. But the thing is, why are we deporting rapists when they should just throw them in jail? But we can't, obviously, you know, it costs $40,000 a year to keep people in prison. Anyway, there's all these stories, which we'll put in the show notes if you want to read a bunch of depressing stories. Uh, harkens back to what did Roosevelt do? This problem of Mexicans coming to the United States is nothing new. They've been sneaking across the border forever. And Roosevelt, the great liberal Roosevelt, used to take and pack them into ships. <laughs> yeah. And then drop them off in the Yucatan Peninsula. Huh. In the middle of the jungle. How how and, many do you do you th- I mean what what numbers are we talking about really? When Roosevelt was doing it? Yeah. A couple hundred thousand people, I think, were shipped to Mexico on the ship. Annually or in total? Or? I don't know. Once he did it two or three times, they stopped coming in. He's like, hey, I don't want to be on that ship. Walk. <laughs> that ship blows. <laughs> so uh, it, it took care of the problem. But we're not even thinking in, ter- in any terms like that. We're trying to, well, let's let them stay. They just want to do jobs that Americans won't do. And, yeah. you know, when it's really all about the crime problem, which is what we're talking about here with these rapists who apparently come over here and find that it's... Uh, you know, according to court documents, the, this woman who was just raped the other night told police that Madrigal had followed her and offered her $35 for sex. Mm. But she said no. She uh. said Madrigal then forced her into the bushes and raped her. Nice. Yeah, these are depressing stories. Well, Calderon was, uh, was visiting, and he, he gave us a nice little lecture. Yeah, considering that everything he told us to do, he doesn't do. Yeah, really. He's like, stop profiling my people. Why don't you keep your people uh, at home? Stop letting them run away. Ah, man. This whole, you know what this whole thing is starting to look like, particularly when you, when you add the trains, and then, of course, we, we now have the internal rife between Arizona threatening to turn off the... Uh, Power. The power in uh, in California, which, by the way, how, how, how long do you think it's going to be until Arizona electricity production is labeled vital to U.S. interests, will be nationalized and forced to, uh, to, to provide power to California? Don't you think that would be in the cards? Well, if they actually uh, follow through if with they their fall, threats. Well, they might follow through. idle threats. I mean, what's L.A. going to do? Well, it's not just L.A. It's all of California. But you, you bring the trains into it, man. I think that... Uh, it's very obvious. <laughs> no, it's not very obvious. It's just you wanted to play that clip. It's very obvious. It is like they're following the playbook to the T. To the T. Everything is happening exactly the way it happens in the book. Everything. That's why Alan Greenspan loved the book and loved Ayn, Ayn Rand. He was yeah. like, this is a good plan. We'll do the Ayn Rand was a Nazi. Uh, in a future I'm, show. I'm, I'm for, not, uh, what, I, what I'm saying is it's horrible. Except the, the problem is there's no John Galt to come and save the day. You. No, <laughs> right. Yeah, get a, <laughs> me, and, me and my hardware up here in the watchtower. No, I don't think so. 
No. So let's uh, play. I got another new word. Ooh. Besides LL and the exfoliation or whatever that other word was. Exfiltration. Exfiltration. Uh, see if you can spot the new word uh, under the clip New Word One. Uh, Prime Minister uh, Gordon Brown was caught uh, on a microphone uh, discussing a conversation he'd had with a woman he described as a bigot that the New York Times began its story by saying a gaffe is when a politician tells the truth. Uh, and this is a, a kind of folk wisdom, uh, that politicians are uh, inherent liars, that they are basically uh, figures who dissemble, that one can find in many different uh, forms. Uh, the uh, idea, for example, that you can always tell when a politician is lying, uh, when he's moving his lips. Uh, Did you get it? No. Oh, you missed it? Yes. Dissemble. Oh, Dissemble. Isn't disassemble? No, dissemble. <sighs> what does that mean? It means lie. It's a long-winded <laughs> way of saying lie. Oh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> dissemble. To disguise or conceal behind a false appearance. Nice. Dissemble. This guy, I, can't, I don't have his name in front of me, but he wrote this, uh, this treatise on how, if at University of California Press, uh, I think, and he wrote this uh, long-winded uh, book about how good it is to be, a, you know, it's a good thing that people lie. It's a positive thing because they have to in certain situations. And it was, it's a, it's a, I don't know if it's a book worth putting on the book club, but uh, it's, it, the guy was kind of interesting. But throughout his he keeps talk. using dissemble. He keeps using this. He keeps using dissemble, 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 dissemble. And then when they do the questions and answers, the the people in the audience start, start using, using it. The word. <laughs> Wait a minute! It's the double speak of the week. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. We love you. No agendas. Double speak of the week. It's total double speak. Wow, dissemble. Yeah, isn't that weird though? How how uh, and the audience must have been journalists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, they always do that, and they start using the same bogus words. <laughs> yeah, I know it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Wow, you got one more. I only have one more clip, which is a guy uh, who's a talk show host uh, uh, and a Tea Party guy. He wrote this book, uh, which may be a good one to put on the book club. Uh, that's not an angry mob. That's my mom. <laughs> okay. And uh, it's about the tea partiers and how uh, good-natured they are and how it's, you know, it's this kind of thing is uh, it's being totally misinterpreted and done wrong by the me- being done wrong by the media uh, for various reasons. Uh, we all know what they are. Uh, but it, it, was, it was an interesting little discussion, and uh, but he did have this little, he had this one complaint, which I thought was interesting about how uh, the newspapers don't, you know, they these guys are basically in some, they get, their heads are, aren't screwed on right, but you can play Boston Globe. Water. But anyway, so we're standing there, and who's not there? The Boston Globe. Not covering the national, our local version of the National Tea Party. In fact, the next day when they ran a story, they had to run an AP wire story about my tea party 
on in their town, Dateline, Frankfurt, Kentucky. I mean, that's just I, I, look. I'm a newspaper lover. I'm a media lover. My oldest son is named after H. L. Mencken. I right. love. I want to love my newspapers. That is not a mistake. That is not a faux pas. That is blatant, shameless bias of people who refuse to understand and see the movement when it first started. And well, now well, well, well blatant, blatant bias or not, I mean, it was it was a story that was missed as as we saw with the uh, the election of Scott Brown, right? Who you talk about? And I, and I, I I'm going to turn to uh, your chapter. On yeah, you know, anyway, yeah. The funny thing is, is that he's being interviewed like they, they like to do on C-SPAN. They put somebody that's kind of in a, up here, and they put this guy from ABC News. I don't have a, my sheet with his name on it, but the guy's a total douchebag. And all he does is attack this book writer uh, for being like, you know, being even remotely sympathetic to uh, the tea bag, tea, see, I'm even saying it, tea yeah. party. And, uh, and it, it just... It was just one of the weirdest interviews I've ever seen. And he was outclassed by this other guy who was a talk show host, and he could just talk the other guy down easily. Well, and there it, was um, there was a lot of um, a lot of weird stuff in that regard uh, this past week, uh, particularly with the new senator from, I guess, Kentucky, Rand Paul, Ron Paul's son. Well, he's not the new senator. He's, the, he's now the candidate. Oh, okay. Isn't that right? No, I thought I thought I thought he was the new senator. I thought he was the he was the he beat the Republican and now he gets to run for Senate. Um, you know, see, I, I've been trying to stay away from it uh, because it's I, all I see is everyone hyping. It, Don Lemon was all over that again yesterday on CNN as well that he's uh, you know against civil rights and he had his victory uh, celebration at a golf club and. You know, essentially turning him into a racist. It's just all kinds. It's just the, so much weird stuff. Yeah, no, he's the, he's now the Senate. He's the candidate. Uh, and meanwhile, I think he's a creepy guy. Um, he's just a creepy guy. I don't think he's going to win. That's the why. Do you, why do you think he's creepy? Well, he never. He's expressionless. Totally expressionless. Uh, he has uh, robotic answers to everything. He sounds a uh, lot like his dad. I mean, yeah, uh, he sounds like him, but when you watch him, he's creepy. Mm. But maybe not, his dad was that way when he was younger, but he's way too glib, uh, self-assured, without any emotion. I, I just find him creepy. That's what I. What can I say? People are creepy. He's one of them. But not necessarily what he says, just how he looks. You mean? No, he's creepy. Yeah, well, most people are creepy not because of what they say; it's the way they handle themselves. Mm. They, you know, say, "Well, that guy's creepy." Right. It's not because he said something creepy. Well, oh, let's face, creepy. there's a lot of creepy people in Congress and the Senate. So you know, no, but he's <laughs> he way fit up right in. He's yeah, totally <laughs> very lizard-like. Let's put it that way. I want you to take a look at this um, uh, at this ad from uh, Sonora. Which, uh, Sonora is in Mexico. I think it's a tourist destination. And this, uh, came in from Sheriff Joe. This is a, uh, this ran in the, uh, in the Arizona Republic Today newspaper. And, uh, so they're, they're looking for people to come on vacation in Sonora. But <laughs> if you look at this ad, I just Skyped it to oh, you. Oh, brother. So it's like, uh, a, a, Me- a Mexican soldier looking through uh, binoculars and it says in sonora we're looking for people from arizona <laughs> it looks like he's gonna shoot you that's exactly i think it's intended and i don't know if they think this is funny uh the website is go to sonora.com which uh, doesn't have the ad on it unfortunately but it looks like a wonderful place <laughs> but that ad is like whoa you know what a way to play into current events 
Yeah, especially <laughs> if you don't want anyone going to Sonora. My goodness, that's where it looks like he's wearing camouflage. <laughs> oh, he's got a he's got a camouflage helmet on. It's yeah. a soldier. It's a Mexican soldier. You're <laughs> looking for people from Arizona. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Ugh. Well, John, I think uh, we have deconstructed quite enough for today. Uh, tonight, of course, um, I will be spending a little since uh, the Pacific has ended. What an outstanding series that was. Um, I think I will watch Brett Michaels win Celebrity Apprentice. Well, I'm going to watch Lost. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> Give me a call. Let me know how it was. I think it's four hours or something. Really? Four hours? No, I don't uh, know. It's the two hours or something. You know, and, and that'll be Lots four of hours of your I'm going to record it and then plow through it because I'm not going to watch those commercials. Right. It'll be four hours of your life you never get back. Well, I know, but I can share. And there'll be a cliffhanger and there'll be an opening for another series. It's the way it always is. They say no. Right. Wait until that check comes through. Uh, all right, coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center for this early morning service. My name's Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak here in northern Silicon Valley asking you to go to Dvorak.org slash NA and become a producer of the show. We really do need your support. And we'll talk to you again on Thursday in the morning right here, same place, same time, on No Agenda.